Welcome back to the Semi-Adam Podcast. My name's Sam, and, and Maxi is not here with us today, but uh, joining me on the other end of a Zoom call very gracefully, or graciously, I should say, is, is Cam from Illawarra Indie Rockers, The Vans. How's it going? I'm very, very good. How are you, mate? Yeah, absolutely great for a, considering it's a Tuesday, but uh, yeah, can't complain. But Cam, the way we like to open things up on the show is to to jump inside your your Spotify or your Apple Music playlist and suss out what you've been spinning. I've been listening to, as an artist from LA called Madison Cunningham, okay, who is just awesome, and she put out a new album a couple of weeks ago, probably a month ago now, called Revealer, and she's just exceptional. So good. What sort of genre is what she? Or like style? What would you... I don't know. She's like... I know a lot of people say like, oh, it's a really unique sound, but it truly is like a pretty unique jazz fusion of kind of... I don't know. She she like plays like a... She tunes her guitar, her guitar down really low. So and But she has this kind of really sweet ethereal voice over the top of it. So it's this... I'd call it like jazzy pop... Uh, but it's got a lot of weird time signatures and really good lyrics and country even. But, yeah, awesome. Yeah. And then apparently I've been listening to a lot of Matchbox 20. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a five-hour drive the other day. Oh, man, it's so good. It so, is. so good. What's your uh, what's the f- all-time Matchbox 20 song? Uh, uh, probably Mad Season. Okay. Mad Season. Wow, 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 wow. Or mm. real world is really good. Yeah, straight up. What did you? <laughs> I love that one. For a band uh, that got a lot of success, I feel like they were still criminally underrated. Criminally un- underrated. <laughs> I didn't realize how long they'd been around for because when I went to listen to them, like the first album came out in like '96. Oh wow! So they've always been a band for thirty years. Bloody hell! But no. Wow. <laughs> Well, uh, we do have a lot to talk about, including the the new single, but I do want to chat regional Australia first of all, because you guys just finished off a bit of a regional tour going from everywhere between Cairns, Bunbury, everywhere in between, and a lot of bands on the show have have spoken about how liberating regional tours are and and the fact that they get to just explore in a, a little van, sort of these little hidden gems across Australia. So I guess for you, what were some of those little gems along the way of the tour? Yeah, I mean, it definitely takes you places like like that I probably just wouldn't go naturally, not because I don't like to towns or anything, it's just <laughs> I probably just wouldn't end up getting there for some reason. Yeah. Like, I really liked over in Western Australia, like towns like Albany, we did a show there. Yeah. And it's like this old fishing town and every, everyone who lived there was like, this was going to be the capital of Australia at one point. I'm not <laughs> sure how true that is, but it was really nice. Margaret River was really nice. Um, where else do we play? All of Belgrave. Belgrave is a really nice place in Victoria. Um, yeah, it's it, but it's great doing regional tours, and a lot of the people who come to them tell you after the show they're like, "Thanks so much for coming here." Like bands don't really come to Mackay, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, something like. That. And it's like, yeah, we'll go anywhere that people want to see us play. Really, so it was really fun. Given it is quite. You know, little intimate towns that might not get the numbers of, you know, your, I guess your your capital cities. Does shows on that scale have a little bit more 
looseness to them than to say a show in Brisbane or Sydney or Melbourne? Absolutely, they do. They do. <laughs> we we started the tour in Wagga, and that was just absolutely mental. There was just like in terms of looseness, not us necessarily, the four of us. Everyone was just having a ball. It was like you know on the uni campus, and yeah, it was like right, seven hundred or so people there, and everyone was just yeah having a lot of fun. <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely. I feel like we jammed more on this tour than we would like on a capital city one. Not that we like thought to do it or it was conscious, but just kind of happened because I don't know, we're in Bunbury. Let's just <laughs> extend this. Let's jam this out because we're in Bunbury. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It definitely has a different vibe though. Well, do you find when you are jamming, you get, you know, little bursts of inspiration. You go, oh, that might make a, a new song or that that's a cool little hook that I might be able to use down the track. Yeah, we, we get heaps of that in our sound checks. So we'll just be like, just someone will start playing something or we'll start playing along, end up doing a voice memo of it because we kind of find something. And then well, we've done that before with songs. I can't really think of an example off the top of my head, but that have become actual songs just from mm. jamming out stuff. But it's, it's very fun. It's a very fun way to play and not be so, you know, regimented. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, on to the music, the latest track that came out at the start of the month is called Making It Out Alive, and it's it's a bit of a little soulful number with a, a healthy dose of saxophone as well. Can you give us a bit of insight into the story behind this one? We we went up to Byron to a, a studio called The Music Farm to record a bunch of songs, and then we had kind of Making It Out Alive, but we weren't sure if we were going to record it because it had had all different lyrics that we weren't that sold on. But we really liked the music part of it. And yeah. then I think that like the day before the last day of recording, we're like, I remember Jim was putting down like acoustic guitar on another song and I just went out on my laptop with Switty, our bass system, was like typing up possible new lyrics or ideas for it. And then we all came together in the, in the control room that night because we'd stay at the studio and we just wrote it. And we're like, yeah, let's record it tomorrow. And then it's pretty. It was the quickest turnaround of writing a song and recording it we've ever had. Um, and then the saxophone was uh, an artist by the name of Dusty Boots, mm. who Chris, the producer, was just like, "Oh, I think we we're just talking about how cool saxophone will be on it." He's like, "I know a guy. He doesn't live far away." And he called him, and he showed up in his van, and he was there for like an hour. Absolute legend, just in Chris's living room. Hmm. just nailed it absolutely nailed it he did, I think he just did like five takes through just ad libbing and then we just chopped up bits and yeah but he's he's a monster he's a machine do you feel like any song becomes like ten times sexier when it's got a saxophone in it I think we should do it on every song I think <laughs> I should get rid there should be no more guitar solos yeah oh for sure it's just I think yeah, everyone would agree. It's like the best sounding instrument. Absolutely. Especially if someone like really plays it well, like he does. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, you don't want and to was even like, squeaking on the way. No, none of us play saxophone, so we did, but we didn't even think, how are we going to do it live? It's like, no, nah, it sounds so good, just put it on and we'll figure it out. <laughs> so we um, have other methods of pulling it off live, but 
Yeah. I don't think that'll be the last time we have sax on a song. Love it. Well, I mean, it has been a little while since the debut Through the Walls. That was back in 2009. And, and over the releases of the last year, we've sort of... It seems like the van sound has become this more... I mean, slinky's a word for it, but like smooth and, and sort of smoothy sound to a lot of the tracks. Does it feel like this is sort of the sound that, you know, or your sound that you found, or is it a constant evolution of, you know, just what what feels right? I like Slinky. Slinky's a good one for I'm not sure if it was the right one. I'm no, glad you approved of that one. No, I like it. Um, I, yeah, I think it's, yeah, constant evolution, I'd say. Like, we've the other songs we recorded when we did Making It Out Alive, we did, like, five more or something. They're not, they don't really sound like Making It Out Alive does. Yeah. And we're going back up in November to Byron to record like the other half of the album. And I don't think that's, yeah, there's, I don't think the album that we're working on is, has like a set theme or anything. It's just, yeah, it's not like we're trying to force any sound. It's more just like we're following any kind of thing we dig or are mm. into and hopefully people like it. And yeah, yeah. But I think our next song will be a I think the next song we have coming out will be a bit more just, uh, it's more like the old stuff, I suppose. <laughs> bit of everything. Keep them on the toes. Absolutely. Got to keep people, yeah, yeah, absolutely on the toes. But, um, I mean, back on the tour life, you guys are busier than a, a one-armed bricklayer in Baghdad, it seems. You've got tours coming left, right and centre. Um, and in just mm-hmm. under, under over a week, you're, you're heading back out on the road with the Kooks for the, the inside, inside out. Inside In, Inside Out. God, that's a hard album to say. Inside In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This time uh, next week I'll be in Brisbane eating a cheese platter. (laughs) Eating blue van cheese. Are you ready to have Naive stuck in your head for two weeks straight? Yes. Yes, (laughs) I am. I'm ready to see it. I'm so keen to watch them. Mm. Watch them play. It It was just that kind of era in school for me. You know, it was when everyone was blasting the kooks on, on their iPod, iPod Nano. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it'd be, it's a very, very nostalgic band. And when we got that tour, I was just like, bloody oath. Bloody <laughs> oath. That will be mad. So, absolutely stoked with it. Well, I mean, you but guys... yeah, that have... starts next week. Yeah. It's bloody exciting. But, I mean, you guys have toured with the likes of the Wombats and, and you know, a band of that scale, I assume you you know, you would have learnt a lot just from watching them and, and seeing their professionalism. So when you get these bigger gigs like supporting the Kooks, do you feel like as a band you're, you know, you're ready to perform on the big stages like that? I think so, yeah. Like we, we had a ball with the Wombat shows and yeah, we, we just kind of want get to in, get in front of as many people as possible really and we think... I think if we did it and we realised we weren't like a band that could play to that amount of people and like keep them captivated or something, it would be a bit awkward. But I think I think the Wombat shows went pretty good and we're playing some venues with the Kooks that we dreamed of playing, like Enmore Theatre and Festival Hall in Melbourne. And, mm. uh, the bigger the better. Bigger. <laughs> I mean, it's a dream, really. But uh, Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, after that, you're hitting up some pretty big summer festivals as well with slots at... Falls and Lost Paradise, and I mean, Lil Nas X has already laid down the gauntlet of, you know, the ultimate collab, teaming up with the Wiggles, but 
If you could have a, a dream artist on stage with you, who would it be? Probably, probably like Justin Vernon, like Bon Iver. Mm. But he'd absolutely show us up. That's the only problem. <laughs> We'd need to, um, or just some gun guitar players, or like, yeah, probably like Justin Vernon, Love the it. Desna Brothers from the National or something. Be more of do you a, know the National? Yeah, yeah, I do. I was going to say it'd be. I don't want to say like a depressing vibe because they're not depressing, but it'd be sort of a. <laughs> It'll be a bit of a gloomy, gloomy festival vibe. It'll be a bit different to what you <laughs> gloomy just festival. Well, I've seen the national live and they they go off. Oh, do they, they? do go off. Yeah. Maybe and I'm just listening. It's always just sing along to because it's all just like. I mean, it makes um, people who can't sing like me have a bit of hope that one day you know might be able to get there. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about the tone. Exactly. Tone exactly. Well, I mean, before I let you go, we're heading into the back end of 2022 and I guess the big question with what you can tell us, because I know it's not always uh, easy to blurt out future plans, but what does the rest of 2022 and the start of 23 look like for the Vans? Um, we, we'll do this Kooks tour and then we've got a couple of other festivals in October we're playing. couple? One? I just go where my calendar says this. But, uh, and then we're we're doing some more recording in November, and then December we got a bunch of festivals, and then looking to put out an album, you know, mid early next year I reckon. So we'll keep just releasing songs until then, and do a big album tour after that. Try to crack it overseas and rinse and repeat. Really, <laughs> <laughs> love it. It's, it's my life plan. Yeah, Impressive. I mean it. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cam, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. For those listening that might not have heard the band, you can stream their new single "Making Out Alive" everywhere that you stream your favorite songs, and you can catch them live with the Kooks next week. Or if that doesn't work with your calendar, catch them over summer at Falls Festival and Lost Paradise over New Year's. But Cam, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I appreciate it. So blind and treat me like that